Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast. I hope everyone is staying healthy, sheltering in place as much as you can, practicing social distancing, and of course, frequently washing your hands. In this 24th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth's 2019-20 school year, we'll celebrate the great success of another Scots Day of Giving that was held back on April 16. We'll also hear how the pandemic has affected the classes being taught this semester by Monmouth sociology professor Jylan Lee. But before we get into the podcast, I want to call your attention to a few Monmouth-related items on the World Wide Web. Every Sunday morning, you can watch an inspirational Sunday service on the Monmouth College YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash monmouthcollege. The joint virtual service is a collaboration between Faith United Presbyterian Church Sugar Tree Grove United Presbyterian Church, and the Monmouth College Chaplain's Office. Speaking of the Monmouth YouTube channel, be sure to check out the video that's featuring business instructor Tom Prince. In the video, Tom asks students in his advertising class to create a public service announcement in which they discuss what they miss most about not being on the beautiful Monmouth campus. There's also a great story about the project by my colleague, Barry McNamara. You can read more about it in the news section of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. There's a lot of other great news that's been recently posted on the Monmouth College website, a story about how the college is celebrating National Poetry Month, feature stories about some of the outstanding new incoming students who will be arriving next fall at Monmouth, and also a great piece about how the Hughes Library staff continues to serve Monmouth students during this period of remote learning. Monmouth's fourth annual Scots Day of Giving was held on April 16, and it goes without saying that it was unlike any previous Scots Day of Giving. During a time when it's easy to feel separated, the Monmouth College community came together on April 16 in remarkable fashion. The day, which is held for 18 hours and 53 minutes to celebrate the college's founding in 1853, raised more than $181,000 from nearly 700 donors to support Monmouth students. But the day was much more than a successful fundraiser, it also united Scott's nation through off-the-charts social media engagement. The person behind Scott's Day of Giving is Jen Armstrong. She's the Associate Director of the Monmouth Fund. Jen says that this year's Scott's Day of Giving exceeded her wildest expectations. Scott's Day 2020 was just absolutely a phenomenal day. It was very different from our past Scott's Days, um, but in a way a lot more special. We um, really kind of pivoted about three weeks before the day and talked about how we can still publish this day and use it as an engagement tool. And um, it was really overwhelming the way people showed up and represented Monmouth College and our family. Jen says this year's Scott's Day of Giving was also a shining example of the deep affection and devotion that alumni and friends have toward the college. 
you know, I've worked with the college three years and I've always um, seen how much the alums love this place, both physically and their connections wherever they are um, back to Monmouth. But it just is amazing what stamina it has. And um, all day long, um, people paid attention and came out over and over again just to be there with us all day. Vice President of Development and College Relations, Hannah Maher, has served at Monmouth for more than a decade. She said this year's Scott's Day of Giving was one of the more inspirational events she's experienced during her time at the college. It has been such a special place in my life. I see why people want to support the college, why our faculty and staff get involved, why the parents of our students and just friends in the community want to engage in a day like Scott's Day and contribute back, you know, when they know that the college does need the support right now. And it's a great way to then show, you know, the support that they're giving, the encouragement they're giving to our students to press on, to our faculty and staff to press on by either participating through the posts and their engagement tools that way or by making a gift. Um, so, like I said, it's not necessarily surprising, um, but just very heartwarming to see. We're looking back on Scott's Day of Giving 2020 with Jen Armstrong, who is Associate Director of the Monmouth Fund, and also Hannah Maher. She's Vice President of Development and College Relations. Hannah says the scores of virtual conversations and interactions that Monmouth alumni and development officers had with folks during Scott's Day of Giving were very inspiring and even a little therapeutic for both sides. In the, in the conversations I've had, folks were first just really happy to hear from someone. Um, we, you know, in all the conversations, it really starts with just how are you doing, and, and how is this impacting your life currently? And um, the conversations probably went longer than they normally might because we had so much good to share back and forth. But when the conversation arose that it's Scott's Day and we're really looking for support, it was always a quick and easy resounding, oh, of course, you know, whatever we can do, we really want to be counted. We appreciate so much that you guys are still holding your Scott's Day. It's nice to see my inbox in my Facebook, my Instagram flooded with some really fun memories and great things and to see everybody kind of rallying around and a conversation that seemed to come up a lot throughout the day um, for me, I think personally, but then for others as I talked to them is we all needed this day. We all needed this opportunity to really have something to look forward to, have something to rally around and to be a bigger part of um, and really to feel that connection in a deeper way than we do just on a typical sharing of some sort of social post or Zoom meeting. You know, really knowing that we're a part of something bigger that was happening um, made people just, I think, feel good. And, and we all need a little bit of that right now. Jen says that one of the more uplifting moments of the day was when Scots around the country held a virtual happy hour. Well, and I think um, one of the pieces that I saw to come together in a unique way, because we're all home, is that happy hour piece. Um, you know, we were like, gosh, you know, we spent all this time planning these get-togethers that were canceled, and everybody felt pretty sad about it. And then, um, you know, we saw these happy hours come together, and, and very uniquely, because we're all at home. Evie Lopeka, who's an um, alumni board member, she took the opportunity and just ran with it and got two or three um, professors to be part of her group. And she said her RSVPs skyrocketed after that. And I think she had over 20 people in her happy hour because there were professors there. And so it was such a great way to get a diverse group. 
While Scott's Day of Giving 2020 was certainly a testament to the breadth and depth of commitment of Monmouth alumni and friends, Jen explains it was also a reflection of the Alumni Development Office's outstanding logistical and organizational skills. About nine months in advance. And so we had already had a crew of about 22 members and students and faculty and staff um, of our team working on this. And then about two weeks in, we pivoted to realize that this will all be remote and that we won't be together. Um, so logistically, we kind of, the social will be the front for the day. Um, and Emily Renwick was amazing at producing some really creative content that would motivate people to come out and also pointing people back to our platform when they were um, able and wanting to make a gift. We also looked at some of the outreach that we typically do, narrowed that down and used our texting and our calling to start with an engagement piece and push them back rather to a giving platform, but to social. And because that communication team or marriage, I guess, worked so well, Emily did a great job of pushing them back to gifts. And so many times we'd send a text and we'd see a gift when we hadn't even asked for it. Our major gift officers all working from home, they um, made calls all day. We had um, you know, probably about a thousand texts that went out. Um, we also did something really new and we called it kind of a beta test, but we um, had a team of five working on thank you videos. So as certain gifts come in, not we couldn't do it for 100% of the gifts, um, but we were able to record a personal video and email a few of those out. So um, that was a lot of fun and we got a lot of personal thank yous that, that were sent out through the, through the day. That's Jen Armstrong. She's Associate Director of the Monmouth Fund. You also heard from Hannah Maher. She's Vice President of Development and College Relations at Monmouth. They were looking back on a very successful Scott's Day of Giving 2020. And you can read more about it in the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. You're listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. The COVID-19 pandemic has upended pretty much every part and corner of American higher education, but it's also provided some fascinating teaching opportunities. A case in point are the classes being taught this spring at Monmouth College by sociology professor Jalen Lee. As Jylan explains, her class on social problems started the semester by studying the deadly heat wave that hung over Chicago and much of the Midwest in the summer of 1995. Her students have found interesting parallels to some of the underlying issues and the social challenges created by the COVID-19 pandemic. I designed my course, uh, so the first mini session is uh, Eric Kleinenberg's sociology. And Eric Kleinenberg is a very uh, well-known American sociologist. And a lot of his work is, is about isolation and um, loneliness. So one of the books, uh, me and my students, we were reading together is called Heat Wave. So it's the heat wave in 1995 in Chicago. And we read the whole book and um, we discussed a lot about um, it's African-American like old males 
were the most vulnerable population to the heat wave, and they die and they die alone in their apartments or in the public housing um, buildings. Um, so yeah, and then after heat wave, we were talking about going solo. So that was the next book of Erica Kleinberg. It's about young generation living in urban areas. They chose to uh, going solo because they want to like quiet space psychological and physically for themselves because they can easily access to the urban life outside of their, their apartments so it's kind of a huge contrast sometimes loneliness is good but sometimes isolation is not too bad it's kind of your response to um, the urbanism the urbanization because you want to have your own space um, but you can access the like uh, the busy and fascinating life outside of your apartment. So we read a lot and um, about this topic, and um, we also did exam the first exam based on Erica Kleinberg's work, like isolation, loneliness, whether it's good, whether it's bad, and we also discussed because during the heat wave in Chicago, uh, it was mostly about journalism, about newspaper articles and how the information was being circulated on media. And I also, um, we, I think we had one discussion about what if social media was a thing in 1995? And do you think the scenario will be different? You know, we can, maybe we can Twitter, like help African-American male and the information can circulate on Twitter and things gonna have a change. So we had that discussion too. And, um, it, then it's you know like lockdown um, in the United States, and students just send me emails saying they 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 understand that you know like because they read they did discussion isolation and loneliness and now they are in the middle of this, and uh, especially for students from big cities, um, like from New Jersey, from uh, Texas, from Miami, because they their hometown used to be very like busy and um, urbanish and um, they see a lot of like they used to witness a lot of traffic and population and people busy but now it's totally different scene and they, they personally they're experiencing this process of you have to isolate yourself for the sake of the like public health in the society or you have to isolate yourself for uh, the health of old generation for the health of people with very weak immune system. And we have to connect with each other on social media. So it's kind of very um, interesting um, um, reality, but also it, it, it reminds me and it also reminds my students about what we uh, read at the beginning of this. Jailen says the pandemic has also affected the way she has taught her research methods class this spring one collective project about public space you know public space and i was asking my students to use public library imamas as a study site a case study to see um understand the public space like who are using the public library because it's free to the public regardless your race ethnicity nationality gender um ish and it's um so we, we we chose the library as the site to do public like space and we did before the spring break we did interview my students did interview did observation 
And our original plan was to um, do survey after the spring break, because public library was very important for the democracy in the United States. And there are a lot of studies from Pew Research Center, for instance. And now it's gone, because <laughs> all the public libraries are closed. And it was, there was no way we can continue with the project. And and we, I was, I was just, I, I, we, we have this conversation with my students because for the research method, I only have six students. And I personally feel like maybe we can continue with this project because all the public space are virtual space right now. Like all the public, the public library go online, just like we are doing right now, right? We are teaching online virtually. And I also know um, the public library in Monmouth is very different from the public libraries in New Jersey or in Chicago, like the two places I used to live. Because um, it's very like it's very rural area and they actually some residents in Mamas they use public library as a shelter. Like before the storm, before the winter storm, they, they go there. Um, they can have access to free Wi-Fi or something like that. So uh, yeah we were also we, we were wondering like if this very important public space is closed, where people go, you know, those residents, they used to go to the public library, either for um, just a quiet space, for books, uh, taking care of their kids, story time, or free Wi-Fi. I don't know, but it was just, it's a pause. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, like it's annoying. I cannot continue with this project with my students, but intellectually, I do feel it's fascinating. <laughs> and I know a lot of sociologists, we are very, because uh, we all talk about like everything has changed and we cannot go back to normal, but what it means. Um, so we all wanna account, like really explain what's going on right now. Um, this is the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College and I'm Dwayne Bonifer with Monmouth College's Office of Communications and Marketing. We're learning from Jylan Lee, a sociology professor at Monmouth College, how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected what she's been doing in her two sociology classes. Jalen says it's made for a rare moment this semester when sociology coursework has collided with breaking news. It was very unique for sociology because uh, usually you read a book and it's over. And um, it's very hard to make a connection make students really physically understand what those concepts mean. But now they're experiencing. I don't know, I was very excited to, <laughs> to tell my students, see, it, it, it makes sense, you know, sociology makes sense. And all the books you have read prepared you like somehow psychologically and intellectually for this kind of moment, them to get ready for this pandemic or intellectually or emotionally. But um, I think that's the that's the purpose of liberal arts education, right? It's just give you the vocabularies and give you the intellectual tools and you just need to activate them. That's Mammoth sociology professor Jylan Lee reflecting on how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected and shaped her classes this spring. You can read a really interesting feature story about Jylan that was published back in January by my colleague Barry McNamara, and you can find that at monmouthcollege.edu slash news. 
And that's going to be a 30 for this 24th edition of the Monmouth College 1853 podcast of this 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer, the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy. Thank you.